Hello, what's up? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's me, your host of the podcast you're listening to, Lauren Mitchell. Thanks for stopping in again. Here we are. Sit down and have story time with Miss Mitchell. Like, let's all pretend we're in kindergarten and I'm going to read a story to you. But really, I'm going to tell you about something that happened to me last week, which was kind of like, I mean, I think it's probably happened to, like, lots of other people. Okay, let me just tell you. I work downtown Toronto. And so after work, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Joe Fresh. Joe Fresh is a clothing store that is owned by a huge grocery conglomerate. Ten years ago when I first started buying their clothes, you could only buy their clothes like in the grocery store. So when I would own stuff from there and people would be like, oh, I really like that sweater. I'd be like, oh, thank you. I bought it at the grocery store. And my sister was forever like, can you uh, stop telling people you buy your clothes at the grocery store? That's like a super weird thing that you do. And I was like, no, I love doing it. It really throws people off. Last summer, I got this pair of jeans from Joe Fresh that literally were the most perfect jeans of all time. Like, they fit perfect. They were, like, not tight. They were that, like, loose, super perfect boyfriend fit style of jeans. And, of course, I blew them out in the thighs in, like, four months. So I keep going back thinking they're going to have restocked these jeans. But, like, you know that I'm fucked on this. Like, they're never going to have them again. So I get to the door, and this one girl stops me, and she was like, Hey, do you want some ice cream? And I was like... No, I like I just <laughs> I just came here to get pants. And she was like, okay. And so then I keep going, and then this other girl stops me and she goes, Hey, did you RSVP? And I was like, For what, ma'am? Like for what do I need to RSVP for to go into like a generic clothing store and buy clothes? She was like, Well, there's an event going on. And I was like, Okay, yeah, I, I can see that now by looking into the store, but like are you going to explain the event to me? Are you going to tell me if I can go in or not? Anyways, we had like a 30-second like silent standoff before she was like, you can go in. And I was like, uh, okay. There's like hella people there. And there's all these like weird bars set up. And then there's like a place set up where you can like take your picture against like a white screen and hold like a mask of Justin Trudeau over your face. To this day, I am not sure what the fuck this event was about. I'm like grabbing stuff and some guy comes up to me and he's like, hey miss, would you like to try a healthy vodka soda? And I was like, sir, have you ever met an alcoholic? (laughs) No, you haven't. Okay, of course I'll try the fucking healthy vodka soda. Hit me up with that shit. So he gives me this vodka soda, it's like in a can. So now I've got like an arm full of pants and a can of vodka soda and I'm walking through the Joe Fresh. And on my way into the change room, I see this like full-on jumpsuit like pants jumpsuit kind of situation and I just bought a pants jumpsuit and honestly it looks fire so I was like well let me hit up this 
like other pants jumpsuit, maybe this shit's gonna fit me. And then uh, this weird experience will have had a purpose of some sort. I go into the change room with my vodka soda and my like five items of clothing. And the first thing I decide to try on is this jumpsuit. I get in it, I squeeze it over my thighs and my butt, and I put one arm into the sleeve. Have you ever had that feeling when you're trying something on and it's like clearly too small for you, but you're like, I fucking bet I could get my other arm in here. And then, you know, I get an idea of how it looks. Being the strong-minded individual that I am, I managed to get my other arm in there, only to realize what I knew before I got my arm in there, which is that uh, this jumpsuit looked terrible on me. The best way I can describe it to you is that it had like a deep V kind of, and then I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh, I look like an off-brand Mario sister that they like left at home to like fix their shell vehicle or, you know what I mean? Like, it was not a good look. I start trying to, like, get myself out of this jumpsuit, and it becomes clear maybe 30 seconds into this endeavor that I'm actually quite stuck. There's no zippers or buttons that I can, like, undo to help me. I literally have to, like, get my hand jammed up into the sleeve and try and, like, jerk my whole arm out. I'm in the change room, I'm trying this, I'm like pushed up against the wall, I'm sweating. I was like, even the sweat wasn't providing enough lubricant for me to weasel my way out. I try to get out for a couple minutes, I stop, I have a drink, like thank God I had alcohol with me. I go, you can't leave the change room looking like a fucking off-brand Mario sister, do you know what I mean? The only person that was working that let me into this change room was a man. I was like, I have two options. I go out and I was like, this looks so amazing. I'm clearly gonna buy it right now and wear it out of the store, which not true and no one would have believed that lie. It looked very bad. And then I would have just gone home and cut myself out of it. Or I was like, I get this nice man to like help pull me out of it. But then I'm like half naked in the Joe Fresh while this event's happening. And then there's this man that I don't know. Anyways, there's no way Like, I'm doing either of those two options I just stated. So, you know, with a little more perseverance and a little more healthy vodka soda, I did manage to squeeze myself out of this, but not without that, like, do you know when you're trying something on and it's that uncomfortable sort of, like, ripping sound that you hear? I didn't rip anything, but, like, it sounded like, you know, I think you all know what I'm talking about. (sighs) Anyways. I still fucking bought something from the Joe Fresh that day, so who knows what capitalism has tricked me into, you know what I'm saying? I just want to throw a little shade at Joe Fresh for a hot second because, honestly, (laughs) I hate getting stuck in clothes in a change room. It was like an XL, like it should have fit me, do you know what I mean? And also, Joe Fresh has stopped carrying any pants in their store that go above a size 12. Not only are they probably never gonna bring back my fucking perfect pair of jeans, like I just can't fit into pants from there anymore. What about like literally anyone that is even slightly bigger than me? Like I'm on the low end of being plus size and it's like, I just don't understand. Like just make clothes for everyone. Just stock clothes in your fucking huge 
massively corporately owned store that go above like a larger in XL. It's like literally not that hard. You've done it before. Now get some 16s, get some 18s, get some 20s up in this bitch. 20 plus, get fucking, get every fucking size. Do you know what I mean? Why should anyone, especially, especially when you're shopping at like a huge corporate situation, like why should anyone feel like they can't shop there? That's dumb as hell. You know? So like, fuck you Zara, fuck you H&M, fuck you Joe Fresh. Fuck you, Urban Outfitters. Fuck all these places that are huge corporations that like won't even shelve higher than a medium. I'm trying to participate in capitalism and give you my fucking money, but you're making it very difficult. But you know who I gotta give one single shout out to if we're gonna shout out one fucking corporation here? Forever 21, baby. Rock Forever 21, but just turned 30. You know what I'm saying? That's me. Shout out to Forever 21 for carrying hella sizing, for having a plus size section that is like actually cool, trendy clothing for not a million dollars. And all these other corporations, step your game up because I'm not gonna have alcohol provided to me every time I get stuck in an outfit in a fucking change room, you feel me? Okay. That was enough storytelling and ranting for today. I'm sure that went on for like 20 minutes. Um, And you're going to want to like keep going into this episode because it's a fucking good one. The guest on this week's episode is someone I was super excited to meet and she did not disappoint. She's amazing and so funny and so smart and so cool. And she sang for me. And then she like hilariously clowned Unchiman after we finished recording. Like truly one of the funniest funniest, coolest people I've ever met. Her name is Maya Taylor. She was in a fucking brilliant film that came out last year called Tangerine. Uh, If you haven't seen it, honestly, not sure what you're doing. It's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. It's the greatest Christmas movie I've ever seen. And I saw it in the middle of the summer uh, for the first time. It's on Canadian Netflix. It's probably on American Netflix. You guys got all the good shit anyways. Uh, So I highly suggest you do yourself a favor and watch this fucking movie. Maya is incredible. And it was wonderful to meet her. And I really hope you enjoy this interview because I truly enjoyed hanging out with her. I heard you had been like doing interviews and shit for like seven hours this morning. (laughs) Well, um, I got in yesterday and... um, I had issues, like, with my driver and everything. Not with the driver himself, but it's just just issues, period, from the airport. You know, I guess Toronto was like, this bitch is coming in. Let's fuck up her night. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I had arrived, like, at 11.28. I didn't get to my room and settle till like, 2.30. And then I had to get up at 6 for hair and makeup. And then um, here by 7.00. That sounds like my worst nightmare of a morning. <laughs> I, before you came in, I was literally just like, I wish I was one of those people who could get up like three hours before I had to be anywhere in the morning. But I literally am like, 10 minutes, like just put things on. Like I just, my only goal is to be dressed. I just, I'm, <laughs> so I'm sorry if you've been through the fucking. And, you know, I normally don't wear makeup. Mm-hmm. 
But um, since I know I'm in front of cameras today, I loaded it on. Yeah. And, yeah. Your makeup looks good. Did you do it or did... Okay, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to paint your face better than you can. That is very true. I always, I'm actually always scared even to let like friends of mine do my makeup because I'm just like, mm, you don't know how to like draw my eyebrows on right. Like you don't know, <laughs> you don't know how to like, like if you put too heavy an eyeliner on me, I look like a crazy person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do the eyeliner very thin, but um, my main thing is my foundation. I make sure that's laid correctly and and then um, I do blush, maybe highlight just a very little bit, just a very little, and lips. Um, then eyeliner, mascara, that's it. And brush my eyebrows, because my eyebrows don't have any fillers. I'm so jealous of that. I have, like, the worst... God gave me the shittiest eyebrows, I swear to God. <laughs> I don't know what I did in a past life to deserve these eyebrows, but here we are. <laughs> um, your skin looks amazing. Like, your foundation and shit is like so and you know um i was just telling them because they were saying the same thing i'm saying the only thing i use on my face is peter thomas roth have you heard of that brand well he's you have to look him up i'm sure anybody listening to this podcast they're probably googling him right now (laughs) but peter thomas roth is all i use on my face and then for my body all i use is dove products like i never step outside of my line And for my hair, every month I switch between two different product lines. I use macadamia one month and I use Nexus the next month. Yeah, I think like for me, especially like as I get older, I found like, and I have sensitive skin. So it's like I have to pick, you have to pick a thing and like stick with it. Because it's, that's how your body knows like what it wants. You just sort of have to like figure out what will and will not irritate the shit out of it. Exactly. And when you're switching between product lines, products are made in one line to work with each other. (laughs) So when you're switching between like Dove and Ambi or Dove and what's the next Jergens or something like that, it's I don't think it's all I personally don't think it's all that healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Cool. Well, that's a good, we did a good, like, five on beauty. I just... Oh, also, um, after you wash your face, for me, I put a, I get the Vaseline out of the jar with the cocoa butter, and I put it on, too. But very, very light amount. You don't want to look like you just got through working in the sun. Um, And then put your moisturizer on top of that. And then put some red lipstick on, you're done. Yo, that is an extremely good tip. That's really good. Your skin moisturized. Yo, because that's the thing is like I have this moisturizer that's it's like, oh, you have to like reapply it like hella times through the day. And I'm just like, okay, but like this moisturizer is like expensive as hell. Um, So like how about I don't apply it like seven times through the day? But like that is like the coconut oil and the Vaseline because it like, yeah, because it keeps it. Sorry, I just whacked the microphone, didn't I? Um, It keeps it like working. That's so smart. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, hot beauty tips. This episode is about hot beauty tips. And don't forget to wash behind your ears because they stink. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) People forget that. (laughs) The thing I always, like, I've said it on this podcast six million times is moisturize your fucking neck. It's a part of your face. Like, never forget. Wash your neck. Yeah, wash your neck. <laughs> with them dirty ass necks from the back is just black, but wash your neck. <laughs> oh, man. 
That's like a good name for like a beauty advice blog. Wash your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when I saw Tangerine, I saw it in the middle of the summer last summer. I saw it at like a very like hip theater in Brooklyn with a very dear friend of mine. Uh, and we walked out of it. And after we finished like uh, crying and like holding each other because it was such a beautiful film, I turned to her and I said, I think this is the best like Christmas, like holiday movie I've ever seen. Like for being something that seems sort of like totally not mainstream at all. It's the plot of a like holiday film. Do you know what I mean? You go on sort of a like adventure and then at the end it's like maybe your friends have been your family the whole time like Merry Christmas you know what I mean true true but you know what this is how I think of it um for me personally when when I left my family and when I when I got out to the streets and I got down and everything and then I was I was selling my body and um I never did drugs or anything like that but I did anything and everything was sold to the highest bidder (laughs) and And, you know, I had picked up a whole set of friends there, and that was my support. So um, a lot of trans people, when they go out to the streets, they don't really have their family anymore. So they go to other people to create a family. And it shows how strong their bond was. Okay, she slept around with her man, but she's still going to be her friend. Now, in real life, if if Cindy was me, oh, I would have beat her ass. (laughs) I would have beat her ass and his. There wouldn't have been none of that, all that, all that Merry Christmas, bitch. There wouldn't have been none of that, honey. I would have beat her ass. So that's just how it would have been. That's so funny. I like, well, I like the sort of, I like how the film deals with friendship in that way, where you're kind of like, because I feel like maybe in real life you would have like beat her ass, but then you also would have been like, we still get though. <laughs> in, in a way, you know? We would not be friends at all. <laughs> because, you know, it was only once. Who says that? Yeah. No, that's that's real. Um, so you were sort of like, they sort of plucked you, like, I don't want to say out of obscurity, but they sort of found you and you had like no acting experience. Were you I didn't have any acting experience at all? I've always had singing experience because yes. I've had vocal lessons through my whole life and everything. Yeah. And so was was there a different process for you with acting than there is with, like, making music? Yes. Music is much harder to do mm-hmm. because you're always learning different things about your voice. Yes. Now, acting, um, acting for me just, it just came natural, mm-hmm. you know, because I'd always seen it. I always said, okay, I wanted to do this. I've always wanted to be an actor. But my skills were always in music because that's what I had always done. But when, when, I, when I approached acting, I was like, okay, let's take myself out of this equation. And how would Alexandra handle this situation? So it took a lot of, a lot of thought for this role. And music is like something that's sort of way more personal, like music is more personal and more emotional and a hell of a lot harder than acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I I was wondering cuz you have a gorgeous singing voice like you that the scene in the movie where you sing in the bar is like also I was like crying. Um are you working like are you working on an album or are you going to put out I am. I am and my song is called Tease Me Please Me. <laughs> 
<laughs> very seductive song. Think of think of like what Tony Braxton does. When you hear Tony Braxton sing, she sounds like sex. Yeah. And that's what I sound and look like. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to put out there. <laughs> This is a very Canadian reference, but do you know the Deborah Cox song, Nobody's Supposed to Be Here? I spend all my <laughs> life. Yeah, I know that song. Oh my God. Yeah. I sometimes think that, like, I think Americans have, like, no idea, but then I sort of forget that Deborah Cox is a bit of an icon. Um, oh, her voice is, to me, this is how the scale is for me. For me, it's, Celine Dion all the way at the top because nobody can outsing Celine Dion. I don't care who it is. If they want to come here and fight me, they can. <laughs> nobody can outsing Celine Dion. And then under that, it's Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Tamar Braxton, Tony Braxton, and um, oh shoot, there's so many. There's like Shirley Bassey from the UK and everything. And who else were we just talking about? Deborah Cox. Oh, Deborah Cox. So you place Deborah Cox between Whitney and Mariah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's right. I do think, okay, so two things. You're an honorary Canadian for putting Celine Dion at the top of your list. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think we just give out passports for people who say that, like, without any prompting. <laughs> well, there's just no doubt about that. Celine's voice is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to out-sing Celine. Mm-hmm. She's the only person who can go in concert and sound like her album. Mm-hmm. And it's not lip-synced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not. She's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, she's, and I mean, she's one of those people, like, I think she's kind of similar to Beyonce in the way that she's been, like, singing since she was a kid, and people were, like, training her since she was a kid, so it's like, yeah, oh, are you giving me the, you're giving me the side face for bringing up Beyonce? You can't bring up Beyonce in the same sentence as Celine Dion. Really? You cannot. I, okay, so I just saw, like, I just saw Beyonce, I just saw her on the Formation tour, and, like, she is, like, a fucking incredible live singer, for I sure. Think, I think she is, too. But you know what? Beyonce, um, I think she's an amazing performer, and I think she's a gorgeous woman. But as far as just raw singers, I just feel like you can't put her in the same sentence as, as the women that I just listed. Tamar Braxton is the closest thing to Mariah Carey, if you've heard Tamar sing. Don't know if I have heard Tamar sing. Tony's baby yeah. sister. I know because I know who she is. But like when you said Tamar above Tony, I was like, I feel like that's controversial. Well, you know, um, Tamar is a lyric coloratura soprano. She can sing the whole scale. She can sound like Tony, and her first album sounded a lot like Tony. So she's proved that she can sing like her sister, but she can hit whistle notes mm-hmm. and she has a five octave range. Mm-hmm. Tony does not have that. But Tamar is a soprano. Tony is a contralto. And anybody who knows music, contralto is the lowest form of singing that a female can do. So, yeah. Yeah, I think what I love, I think what's interesting to me about someone, even like Mariah Carey, is that crazy range of being able to, like, hit, like, that super low sort of stuff, but then also, like, do some, like, window-breaking, like, falsetto-type shit. I think that's, like, what moves me about people's voices sometimes is that ability to, like, drop into, 
like sort of effortlessly go between those two things, which is also like the hardest thing to do with your voice. Exactly. I plan on putting some whistle notes into my album because I can hit the whistle note, but I don't think I can do it live. Yeah. I think if I did it over and over and over, but in the middle of a song, no. It would have to be all pieced together in the studio. It's just, it's too difficult. Yeah. And it's very hard on your voice. Yeah. Well, it's pushing your voice in either direction is, like, very difficult. I did, like, I did vocal training when I was younger for, like, a long time. I was, like, in choirs and stuff, and I was always a soprano. And then when I, like, went through puberty, my voice dropped, and I became an alto. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, like, when I was young, like, when I was, like, 10 or 11, like, I could hit some crazy high notes. And it was all, like, choral singing, too, so it's, like, you know, you're – it's sort of a different way of using your voice. But yeah, I was like so sad when I was like, I'm an alto now. That's boring. <laughs> well, sing my song, Toyland. Yeah? Sing it. Oh my God, I can't. No, I'm not singing in front of you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's not happening today. <laughs> sing me something from Christmas. Oh. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. That's all I know of that song. <laughs> I'm bad at remembering lyrics. <laughs> I don't remember all the lyrics to that song either. I know. <clears throat> Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nibbing at your nose. <laughs> okay first of all you need to put out a christmas album because i would buy it <laughs> yeah i want to do it i really do i want to do a lot of christmas songs i love christmas yeah all the presents yeah. i'm just playing one night because of that i remember having a conversation with my friend about this once i was like you know i was like younger being like of curmudgeon like I don't like holidays and she was like no do you know what's good about holidays she was like no matter like who you are or what you do it's like everyone stops and everyone comes up for air at the same time and I was like yeah that's like what Christmas is like even if you're not like because I'm not a religious person um, I'm like a spiritual person but not a religious person so that's not what it is for me but it's like oh the fact that I can like you know, everyone's like a little more available to hang out. Everyone's like having parties. Everyone's like eating and drinking and like seeing their fam and stuff. I'm like, that's, that's nice that we all sort of get a time to do that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a very special time of the year. I think it's, it's my favorite time of the year. Because it's all, especially where I live in North Dakota, it's all snowy and everything. And it's just all warm. And you turn on the fireplaces in the house and... I just, I love all that, and to be around the family and cuddle up with your man and, and other things, you know? <laughs> this is the sexiest holiday. <laughs> so I was watching some videos on your YouTube channel, and I... I kind of love that you like live in North Dakota, which is like, I you, I know you made like a video that was like, this is why I don't live in LA or New York. And it was like, look at this beautiful ass nature everywhere. Is that like, that's like inspiring to you? It is. Um, 
you know, a lot of people, when, when they hear that I live in North Dakota, they just think in the middle of nowhere. No, I live in an actual city that has a mall and a Walmart and, you know, all these different places. But um, you can go outside of that. Like, the city part is within, like, the middle of the, the whole thing. Yeah. Outside of that, you have all the big mansions and everything, and it's so much greenery, and it's surrounded by water and everything, and it's gorgeous, and I love to just drive my car up to the um, to the reservoir. Like, there's a little island that you can drive up to, and I sit there up under the tree and read a book or something, or sit there and look at the water. You know, I love things like that. You know, I, I don't live in L.A. because I used to do sex work in L.A. You know, I used to... I, I was At one point of time, or a few points of time, I was homeless yeah. in L.A. I don't want to live like that anymore. I mean, I, I'm not going to live like that anymore because, you know, of course I'm making money now. <laughs> but um, I just, I don't want to spend my all my coins in L.A. Yeah. Let me tell you this. My apartment is a brand new apartment. We have three-car garage, um, two um, air conditioner units in the apartment because it's so damn big, <laughs> three bedrooms, the laundry room is in the apartment, and what else? Vaulted ceilings, mm-hmm. and it's all one thousand ninety-five dollars a month, and oh. it's brand new. Oh shit, dude! That same apartment in New York would be how much? Seven hundred million dollars. <laughs> like uh, I can't even. I, okay, so I'm moving to North Dakota. What's up? Like we got? Uh, I can quit my job today and go. Shit, that's like. Yeah, fuck. I've, and then you can't afford a car in, in New York because it's just too damn... I drive a Jaguar S-Type, mm-hmm. which I love, and my man has a Chrysler 300. Yeah, beautiful. And they're paid for. Yeah. You can't do that in New York. Oh. You just can't. <laughs> like, I just think we sort of live in an age... I mean, I'm saying I, like, live in Toronto. I live in the biggest... I live in the... It's not the New York of Canada, but for all intents and purposes, we could call it that. But it's like... I'm never going to own anything in this fucking city. <laughs> it looks like it's, I don't know what the real estate is like here, but it it's really, really gorgeous here. Yeah. I think Toronto's a beautiful city, but the real estate here is fucking insane is the term I would use to describe it. <laughs> From research, I don't think I'd live in Toronto. I'd live in, um, what was I just saying? It starts with an M. Montreal. Yes. That's where I'd live. Mm-hmm. Montreal is like, the only thing about Montreal is it's very French speaking. And so I couldn't go there and like get a job because uh, <laughs> I barely have a grasp on the English language. <laughs> so, uh, but it is, Montreal is hella cheap. So cheap. But it's, I think it's much prettier than the city too. Mm-hmm. It's very, it has that very like old world, like Euro kind of feel to it. I love the traditional stuff. I love the old Hollywood glamour. I love the Jaguars and the Bentleys. And I love the traditional furniture where you see like the back of the couches is all curvy and wooden and gold leaf everywhere. And that's me all day. Like Queen Elizabeth T. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. One of my favorite TV shows is, uh, have you ever watched Antiques Roadshow? My favorite TV show is Sex and the City. I've been thinking recently that I need to rewatch Sex and the City. (laughs) I just bought all the seasons. Yeah, because I haven't seen it since I was like in my early 20s and I just turned 30. And I think that it would be like, 
I would feel totally different about it now. Yeah. yeah. There's so many funny parts. I think the, the funniest part I can remember is where Charlotte, she had this man that had all this foreskin. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she was telling the girl, she was like, it was so much skin, it looked like a Sharpay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just, they're funny. Yeah. Or Samantha whispering to this man, let's fuck. And he's like, what? And they're inside the Pilates class, let's fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay, so are you a Samantha, a Carrie, a Miranda, or a Charlotte? I would be a Charlotte. Yes, really? I, you know, other than that, I would be a Samantha, but I'm in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And Samantha doesn't do relationships. She just fucks <laughs> and, and, and moves on to the next man. But me, I love my man. I love my relationship. I love my stepkids. So I wouldn't trade that. So I'd be Charlotte. That's, so you have, like, a pretty, like, nuclear family. Yeah? Yeah. How old are your stepkids? 15, 16, and 17. Damn, those are like the toughest ages. They're really, really sweet. They do what they're told. They're always yes and no, ma'am, and everything. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yes. Their dad wasn't playing that. It's a military man. Oh, that, that explains it. Yeah, because I feel like my dad's a hard ass, and I was raised by a single dad. So I was always like a good teenager, but I remember like going to friends' houses and like hearing them talk to their parents, and I was like, Oh, is that is that how you did did you just call your mom a bitch? Cause like that shit is not that shit is not going down in my household. Like yeah. that's not what it is. Yeah, we don't go through all that with them. They're very respectful. We don't yell at them or anything, or they're not like spanked or anything mm-hmm. like that. If it's something that we don't want them to do, we tell them, okay, this is why you should not do this because this is gonna be the result. I feel like some parents fall flat when they're like, well, don't do this. Why? Because I said so. Mm-hmm. No, tell them why. So, so you know, they don't go and do it. Mm-hmm. And they listen. They really, really listen. And they're just complete sweethearts. That's so awesome. I love them. I miss them, actually. Aww. That is really cute. <laughs> I'm myself, it's just one day. Because yeah. tomorrow I go home. Yeah. You did the project about uh, Marsh P. Johnson. I did. And I, I don't know. I think that was my, my funnest project. Mm-hmm. My funnest project. <laughs> yeah, because um, the research process of that was crazy. I would go online onto YouTube and then I type in like um, interviews of Marsha. Marsha P. Johnson. And then, like, I'd see her, and then I'd imitate her voice because she sounds like this. And she's just, she's a complete character, but most of all, what attracted me to her is that she's really, really sweet. You know, she was the person who didn't have anything, and she would spend her last money on some cookies. But before she got home, all the cookies are gone because she's handed them out to all the homeless people. So, you know, it's stuff like that that attracted me to the role. Yeah. And when does that come out? Probably at the end of this year, beginning of 2017. Okay, cool. And do you have any, like, 
cool projects you're working on? You're like recording an album. Is there like another film project in the works? There's two other film projects in the works. In the works. Um, and then I just finished Viva Diva. Oh, and then I did Diane from the Moon a few months before that. Cool. That's awesome. So you keep busy. Oh, yeah. You have to stay relevant or Hollywood will forget about you. Yeah. It's such a weird thing, eh? It's like you can do something that's like so beautiful and like really resonates with people and all of that stuff. And then people are like, oh, you didn't do something for five minutes? Like, who are you? Yeah, you don't want to be a has-been. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Well, I really appreciate you, like, coming and chatting with me. I know you've had a crazy morning of interviews, but it was... I, I love what I do. Yeah. I really do. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. And you're fucking charming as hell, and you look great, and I really appreciate you... I really appreciate you coming to talk to me. This is awesome. It was fun. It was fun. We can do this again. We could start our own uh, beauty. Yo, thank you so much to Maya Taylor for coming through. Wonderful, wonderful, hilarious woman. So glad to have met her. Cavern of Secrets is, as per usual, brought to you by Hazlitt. It's hosted by me, your girl, Laura Mitchell. Our theme music was made by the wonderful Bianca Giulione. Uh, Cavern is produced by my dear friend and all-around wonderful person, Unchman Idemsetti. And you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We are literally in every cavern of the internet. Brand tie-in. Um, <laughs> you can find our website, cavernofsecrets.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, at Cavern of Secrets. Uh, if you like us and you like what we're doing, I would love if you could give us a little rating on iTunes. It really helps people find us, and that's super important. Once again, I am Lauren Mitchell, and I, as always, appreciate you listening.